Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast, the third and final episode of our Aintree mini-series. We've made it to the big one, ladies and gentlemen, the Grand National. 40 runners and riders, four miles, two and a half furlongs, 30 spruce fences and good to soft ground. This is the pinnacle of jumps racing. And whether you've never seen a jumps race before or if you've been watching the National for 40 or 50 years, you still want to find the winner. Let's get the introductions out of the way then. My name is Tom Collins and I'll be hosting this mini pod. And I'm joined by the brilliant Ross Miller. Ross, you're going to Aintree tomorrow. Are you ready for the occasion? I am. The suit, the suit is picked up, dusted off. The shoes are polished. Uh, the form is um, red and re-red. So yeah, I, I just can't wait. Just would like a nice bit of weather if that's possible, please. Yeah, I'll make sure that happens. Uh, I'm very jealous that you're going. I wish I was, I have to say. Okay, this podcast is going to be all about the national. No other races, though we will provide a nap and next fest at the end if you want other selections on the undercard. Um, and I'm going to start by spinning through the betting. So, Coric Rambler is your 7-1 to favourite for Lucinda Russell. Dale to Work is 8-1. to Noble Yates, 9-1. to Gaia de Manil, 14s, the same as Lamilos and Longhouse Poet. Mr. Incredible, 16-1, to as is any second now. Ain't That a Shame 20s, Capadano 20s, Galvin 20s and Our Power 20s. And it's 22 to 1 bar those. Now I say bar those, yeah, don't take that as literal. You have to look down the whole bet in. Anything can happen in a Grand National as we've uh, seen in recent years, including last year when Noble Yates won at 50 to 1. 40 runners, as I say, proper stamina test, plenty of value to, had, uh, to be had in the market, Ross. Instead of fluffing this podcast up and making the listeners wait, let's get down to the, the tips already. People want the winners, so you can go first. So the, the, the first four home will be, he says with uh, faux confidence. Um, I, I've, got it, I've got it to a list of four. Um, I really like the big dog. Uh, I've been keen on him as a, as a horse for, for, for a long time. Was really keen on him as an anti-postition for the, for the Welsh Grand National. Was a little bit disappointed they went to the Thaistes and bumped up what I thought was a generous mark but he still ran with great credit on very deep ground off off a, a huge weight of 12 stone in the Welsh National finished third under Aidan Coleman who retains the ride um, he's a pretty safe jumper even though he did tip up last time but that was in the Irish Gold Cup and I thought that was a mighty run I was concerned he'd get taken off his feet early on fairly decent ground and he didn't he was still in there pitching I, I'm not saying he was going to win it but he certainly wasn't getting to the end of his tether at the point of departing um, that boosts my confidence that he'll be able to travel in the early part of the race, which I think is a key requisite in these modern nationals. He's definitely going to stay. Um, although he's high enough in the weights, he's only carrying 11 stone five, which when he's been carrying 11 stone 12 and, and 12 stone, he'll feel the benefit of that, I'm sure. That can only be a good thing. Uh, Aidan Coleman's got a nice, quiet style. Um, I just hope that he can uh, get into a nice position early. I think he'll see out the race really well. Second on my list uh, is our power. Sam Twiston Davis is a dab hand over these fences. Uh, he had some great spins as a young man on uh, Hello Bud. Got a good record over the over the fences. This horse comes in with quite a lightly raced profile this year. I'm not sure that's entirely by design. I think it's more by circumstance in that uh, he had a little issue that kept him away from the Hennessy, of which I, or Coral Trophy, I should call it, which I really fancied him for, having stayed on really well at Ascot to win his uh, first run of the season. He's not been seen since then until turning up at Kempton early part of this year and won on good ground over the three miles there. He did every yard of that trip there, but I thought that was a, a promising run. 
I think he'll stay much further than this. I also think he's nicely weighted. Sam Thomas is a is a trainer who's got his horse in much better form recently. So I think he's interesting, provided that they don't water and then get rain. That's got to be a concern for everyone. You know, the, the forecast tomorrow is, is pretty decent, but there are some reports of potential for showers. If they water after racing today, as they did last night, and then get a heavy shower, the, the national course is going to ride a little bit softer than the mild May course anyway. I wouldn't want soft ground for him. So that would be a concern if that happened. But at this stage, I'm still keen on him. And then two at much bigger prices. Uh, Durasso, um, and now both these actually use Kerry National form, but Durasso has been a high-class horse in his time, running in some decent race over two mile, two mile four. He's won over two mile six at Turles, and he was running a really big race in the Kerry National over three miles. Stayed on well on that occasion. I think he was ridden to find out if the trip was in range. It certainly was. He wasn't stopping. Now, obviously, three miles up to up to this national trip is, is another big step again. So I'm not for certain saying he'll stay. But I think he's got a nice profile as a horse. It looks to me like he's been safe for something this year. Two mile four speed, lie up early. He's a sound jumper. Um, I think he's an interesting horse at around about 80, 100 to one. And then another one that uses Kerry National Form. And that's Cape Gentleman, bought by Shark Hanlon for connections to have a runner in this race. Um, he'd be a bit more expensive than uh, Hewick and the likes of some of the horses that Shark has dealt with over the years. He's a really capable trainer. I think because he's a larger-than-life character, both physically and uh, metaphorically, he can sometimes sort of not get taken as seriously as he perhaps should. I think it shouldn't be underestimated what a good trainer he is. He delivered Hewick, as he said he would, in, in great form to run in the Gold Cup, when many thought it was perhaps a step above where Hewick should be unseated two out or fell two out when running a big race. I think Shark knows the time of day. He would have been very careful about the sort of horse he was buying for these people. Now, he's got to prove he stays over fences, but he was a good fourth at Royal Ascot in the Ascot Stakes off a mark of 100 over two mile four. He'll like good ground. He was finishing with an absolute rattle the last time he ran over three miles in the Kerry National um, and, and, and fell at the last. But it was a, a fall that I can forgive in that he was really long and stretching for it and just sort of clipped the top and knuckled over. That sort of error in the National won't tend to stop you because you can knock a good bit of spruce off the top. Um, he's got good form uh, behind French Dynamite, three-mile handicap hurdle. I just think at a big price... If the ground is good, he could outrun his odds. Yes, yeah, so our power is 20 to 1, the big dog 25 to 1, Durasso 80 to 1, but you might get hundreds in places. And Cape Gentleman is 150s. You make a really good case for our power and the big dog, especially. And I can't fault anyone uh, for putting up two long shots in a race like this. I will be doing the same. However, Cape Gentleman, I take offense at this. He should be 1,500 to 1. He's a two mile hurdle winner. Uh, he surely won't stay or jump round. But look, I've now put my neck on the line by saying that. If he goes and wins, then it's beers on you for sure. Um, I'm also going to be having four in the race. Uh, first up is last year's winner, Noble Yates, who's around 9-1 to one to retain his crown right now. He was the first seven-year-old to, to win the Grand National since 1940 when he won last year. It was a really impressive display and one that I didn't foresee. So, you know, hopefully he can back up. He's 19 pounds higher in the weights this time around, which is not a good sign. But at the same time, He's definitely improved in the interim, which is never uh, a guarantee for a national winner. Second up is Galvin. He's only a small horse. If you watched ITV, uh, the opening show on Friday, you'd have seen he's a small horse. Um, and he hasn't really been at his best this term. But there were signs of life when he finished second in the cross-country chase last time out at Cheltenham. And he has the back class 
to go very well in a race like this. Davy Russell takes the mount. Davy obviously retired early in the season, came back to riding. It'll be a fairy tale story if Galvin wins the Grand National. And then I'm going to have two at bigger prices. Uh, first up is Velvet Elvis. He's 40 to 1 right now and has been completely overlooked in the market. He's also not the biggest horse. He's quite small, uh, which is a slight concern with him because he can get lower at his fences. Um, but he's been campaigned with this race in mind. He won his penultimate outing. And then last time out, he ran very well behind any second now on terrible terms. He's now £17 better off with that rival. And he's a much bigger price than any second now. So he's worth an each way play. And then finally, the one that you might uh, oppose, and that is the big breakaway. Uh, I can feel that you're glaring at me through the screen right now. Look, I, I know Joe Tizard's imposing beast has his own uh, ideas about the game. His mind's not always on the job. And his form figures aren't exactly appealing either. However, he ran very well to finish second in the Welsh Grand National earlier this season. And first-time blinkers may provide a jolt of improvement for the big breakaway. I'll give him a chance at around 33-1. to 1. Ross, what do you make of those? Well, I, I, I'd raise you with your, I think, 330 to one about Big Breakaway might just about <laughs> entice me. I, he's a classy horse um, and a horse I followed over the years. I just worry about his heart for that type of race. And then I will just throw it, you, you picked up uh, on yesterday's podcast about a comment uh, Peter Burner made about Equus Dancer. Um, I'll throw a comment to you about Valvet Elvis after his win uh, on his penultimate start. The trainer said regarding the apparent improvement in form that returning to running in a small field of runners may have contributed to the Gowan's return to winning ways. Uh, are you hoping for sort of uh, 32, 33 non-runners <laughs> tomorrow? Yeah, I did see that quote myself, I have to say, and I was hoping that no one else would see it. Um, but fair point, you have picked it up. And that is, it's a slight concern as well as the fact that he is diminutive in size. However, I'll go back with you by saying he finished sixth in the Irish Grand National last year. He ran very well, and that was a big field. So maybe it was just using the excuse uh, for the horse actually being back on song rather than you know potting around in the back of a couple of handicaps. So there are selections. We should quickly discuss a couple of the other leading players, though. We can't go throughout this pod without even mentioning the favourite, and that is Corrick Rambler, as well as cross-country winner Delta Work. Ross, could you provide an overview for both of those horses, please? Well... Corrick Rambler's got outstanding credentials in that he's he's ten pound well in. Um, my concern is just his run style. Firstly, you know, every national runner is is beholden to a little bit of luck. You just don't want something rolling on the floor in front of you or a loose horse coming across you. Obviously, the more horses you've got in front of you, the greater the chance of that happening there is. And Corrick Rambler is going to have plenty of horses in front of him for the majority of of this race. So that straight away reduces your your odds, I think, of, of, of getting a clear passage. But also, just in, in terms of his quirkiness, he needs to be delivered very late. At Cheltenham, he looked very awkward up the running when he got to the front, albeit he, was, he wasn't trying to, to dodge it. He's just got this own way of sort of rolling around all over the place. Um, my concern is that from the last, you've got to navigate right. Um, we've seen plenty of footage of Chris, actually, on, on social media, sort of hanging away to the left and, and throwing away his national chance. I think Derek Fox is going to have to be careful to probably get a lead to at least the elbow, preferably halfway up, and then get to the front. That will take some doing. Derek Fox is probably the man for the job because he's done it brilliantly twice in the ultimate chase at Cheltenham the last two years. So it can be done, but just at the odds. I think you'd you'd almost want those sort of odds that he could get that done and then you've got to factor in that the horse is good enough to win the race as well. So that just concerns me. But I would like to see it because I think they're a really smart team of operators, Derek Fox, Peter Scudamore and uh, Lucinda Russell. Uh, Delta Work, 
I can see his chance, but I just don't think he stayed the trip last year. He's a pound lower uh, in the weight. He's got five pound less in his back. So maybe that will help. But I, I'm just not sure. And even though Galvin, who finished second behind him in the cross-country chases, six pound worse off for that run, I'd almost lean more towards Galvin on this better ground than I would, would Delta Work. Um, and Delta Work definitely got away with a few mistakes last year, early on in the, in the National. Now, plenty of people taking the view that he warmed up to the race thereafter. If that is the case and he puts in a better round of jumping, that's going to help him. Because obviously every little mistake does draw a little bit of energy out of the petrol tank. The less mistakes you make, the more energy you have at the end of the race, which might just see him home. But uh, I just struggle to see it personally. Yeah, I agree with what you just said there on uh, both horses. And I definitely agree with Delta Work, by the way. I'm currently writing a Grand National um, preview for betting.getsbk.com where I go through every single runner. And I've also put huge stamina concerns. Despite the fact he won over uh, three miles six in the cross country, I don't think he stays this trip. So if, if you're writing a, a review on TC, I'll throw two to you. Um, uh, I'll, I'll throw your, your, one of your, your favourite horses I know, uh, Gaillard de Menil, <laughs> um, and then one that I've seen plenty of people talk about, uh, Le Milos. Yeah, so Gaillard de Menil, I was completely against him at the Cheltenham Festival in the National Hunt Chase. Um, I didn't think he'd stay the trip. I didn't really think he was as good as many people thought he was. And also, I don't think he's uh, a horse that really wants to win his races. However, he proved me wrong that day. He got a bit lucky, um, but he definitely stayed the trip. So that is one thing. He's got an attractive profile. He represents Paul Townend and Willie Mullins, and his form figures are enticing. So he will attract money. However, I'm just not convinced about Guy de Manel. I, I think he's a slogger. He'll probably get outpaced in the middle part of the race. It's his hard, second hard race in a month as well. Surely that national hunt chase will take its toll on him. So I'll be against Gaia de Manil. Lemilos is more interesting, I think, purely from the fact that he's pretty fresh coming into this race. He represents Harry and Dan Skelton, who are fantastic at priming a horse for their seasonal target. And he obviously won the Hennessy, the Coral Trophy, earlier this year. However, he got tired late over three mile two furlongs that day. He was game in the finish. He rallied well, but he was definitely out on his feet. And the extra mile will provide a huge question mark for Lamilos. So that's that then. The 2023 Grand National. We've covered all the leading players. There is money for Ain't That a Shame as well, I have to say, before we sign off with the Grand National. So look out for him in the market. He's a short 17 to 2 in places. So you can get bigger with SBK right now. Don't miss the race. It's 5.15 on Saturday. Make sure you tune in. Um, and if you haven't signed up to SBK just yet, now's the perfect time as new customers can bet £10 and get £20 in free bets, which is perfect to cover your portfolio for the Grand National. T's and C's do always apply with our offers. Ross, we have just enough time for this podcast to uh, mention a Napa next best on the undercard. Who are you going for? So two at, at decent prices, TC. Uh, the Nap, and these could interchange. I, I like both of them at, at their prices. But the, the Nap uh, is Earn River in the 225. Uh, he was sent off 11 to 4 for the manifesto chase at this meeting last year. Fell when perhaps just find things happening a little bit too hot for him. Um, but he's definitely a smart horse. He's £3 lower over hurdles than he is over fences. He's had a decent enough year without winning. He was second behind Hitman uh, on, hof, on soft ground at Haydock. That sort of ground wouldn't suit him. And he was then second at Doncaster behind Silver Flyer. Um, Silver Flyer's a 126 horse. He was giving him £18. Had wind surgery after that. Came back and ran well enough last time. Now comes back to hurdles. I think this ground, this trip, this track will suit him. 
big field, I think, will help him. And I could see him running a, a big race. And then the next best is Katira. Now, this is a bit of a heart horse. I, I just think she's a really smart mare. Um, I've been itching to see her in a handicap because I think she's an absolute certainty in a handicap off her current mark. Um, her current mark is 128. I think that wildly underestimates her. I think you could easily make a case that she's run to at least 135 over hurdles already this season. Uh, she gets a £7 mare's allowance. So that would put her in my mark on about 142 thereabouts. Hermes Allen is the top rating here off 150. I think a fast pace in the big field will make her easier to ride. She's quite a free-going sort. I think she can find plenty of improvement on this trip. She's four from five. The mild concern is she was beaten uh, on this course last year in a bumper, but I think she's improved for a hurdle. And I think the fact that the scouts who are really shrewd when it comes to placing their horses and targeting handicaps, the fact they're prepared to potentially go and sacrifice this mark suggests they hold her in high, high esteem. Um, I'm really excited by her and I'd be keen on her around about 11 to 1. Yeah, Earn River 16 to 1 in the 225. And Kateri, you can get slightly bigger, four teams right now in the three o'clock. So a couple of nice prices there for Ross's nap and next best. I just have a nap and that is it uh, on Saturday. Main focus will be on the Grand National US racing as well. Check my Twitter for tips there. But the nap uh, elsewhere from the National and US is going to be home by the Lee in the Liverpool hurdle at Aintree, the 335. This horse is continually underestimated in the market. I thought he ran a fantastic race in the Stayers at the Cheltenham Festival last month. Finished fifth that day, but made a terrible mistake at the sixth hurdle. Completely lost his back legs and did remarkably well to rally and only be beaten three and three quarter lengths at the line. I think he's a great price and probably the horse to beat uh, in the Liverpool hurdle. Thank you very much, Ross, for your fantastic week, uh, fantastic work, sorry, over the last week. I hope you enjoy Aintree tomorrow and back all the winners. And thank you at home uh, for you guys that have watched um, and been commenting and liking on the podcast. We do really appreciate it and hopefully you have enjoyed them as well. Best of luck with all your selections in the Grand National. It's one race every year that everyone wants to win. Uh, if it's not this year, you might get the winner next year. So don't give up, but it's a, a fantastic spectacle. And, and one for the neutral as well. You might not even want to bet in the race, but just want to know more about the horses. And hopefully we've covered that angle in this podcast. Ross and Jess will be covering next week's uh, Saturday action. I think it's the Scottish Grand National at air. That podcast will go live on Thursday. So subscribe below so you don't miss out on that and all of our other great content. But until then, best of luck at Aintree on Saturday. Goodbye. 